All right, welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. In fact, it would be super helpful if I actually prepared for anything and had opened up the app chat ahead of time. So if you send anything, I'm getting to it, I promise. So the, uh, the story of the day that the national folks are paying attention to the Joe Biden documents. Now, you, you by now have heard this story. If you have not, the quick recap is this. At an office at the Penn Biden Center, which is located at the University of Pennsylvania uh, campus, at the Penn Biden Center, Joe Biden, when he left the vice presidency, had an office there. He worked there for uh, worked from there for a few years um, in that office. Less than a dozen, I think it's about 10 documents were discovered there from his time as vice president. And of course, this drew immediate parallels to the uh, the Biden documents at Mar-a-Lago. There's a little bit of a difference between the two situations. One, we know the Biden documents are classified. What we don't know is how many were top secret, etc., uh, we also know that Biden did not have the ability to declassify documents. Trump did. Now, if he whether or not Trump went about it the right way is up for debate, but Trump did have the ability to declassify and take those documents. Uh, the problem is not the fact that Biden took these. The problem is not that it's hypocrisy that Biden should be you know, arrested or investigated or anything like that. The National Archives uh, have forwarded the documents onto the DOJ, and the case has been assigned to a uh, to a U.S. Uh, attorney uh, in Chicago. I think the problem's not any of that. Back after the Mar-a-Lago raid happened. I told you guys what my biggest issue was. And my biggest issue was that somebody or multiple people from the Department of Justice were leaking all sorts of information to the press. And a lot of it was conflicting information. A lot of it ended up not being true. But there was a whole lot of speculation and it was coming from within the DOJ itself or the media was lying about the sources they had and people were just feeding them BS. And we will never know because the sources were anonymous. But there was a nonstop leak of information, what the documents from Mar-a-Lago could have been, how much trouble is Trump in, etc. We knew the moment the raid at Mar-a-Lago happened. We knew the moment that the FBI went in. Trump came out and said it and said, hey, today I was raided by the FBI. Now, the FBI disputes whether or not it was an actual raid, but they went in, they seized those documents from Mar-a-Lago. But we knew about it immediately, and those leaks to the press came immediately. The Biden documents, which we started hearing about yesterday, were discovered before the midterms. And based on the timeline of events, we know that the upper levels of the Biden administration knew about this for months. The problem is not 
the documents themselves. The problem is the cover-up. We are only now finding out about it. Because the Department of Justice, which knew about it, which investigated it, and which the Biden administration knew about, based on the timeline of events, the White House and its insiders are telling the press now, the upper levels of the Biden administration knew this for months. So the Department of Justice, which is supposed to be a nonpartisan entity, it does serve at the discretion of the president, but it's supposed to be nonpartisan, it's supposed to dish out justice equally, it's supposed to look at things fairly and objectively and determine their investigations based on the rule of law. There is no problem leaking factually untrue and speculative information to the press about Donald Trump. But they're able to seal the leaks when it comes to Joe Biden. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. This should be the issue, and this is one of the reasons that the House committees that are investigating are focusing on the Department of Justice and the FBI. And they really need to be doing so in a very thorough and hopefully nonpartisan manner. Because this isn't about Republican versus Democrat. This is actually about how compromised is the Department of Justice that it is acting not based on law, but based on partisanship. The White House, the upper levels of the Biden administration, knew about these documents before the midterm elections. And I'm focusing on that timeline because it is undoubtedly a fact that the documents at Mar-a-Lago affected voter turnout. It affected the polls. It affected how many people actually ended up voting for Donald Trump. You can look at that. You can measure that based on the data we have from polling and turnout and everything like that. We can take note that there was a measurable impact on Republicans based on the Mar-a-Lago raid. And it's because they let that information out. They threw out all these stories about what Trump had. So all of that is actually out there. It is part of what everybody believes actually happened. Keep in mind, most of those leaks ended up being contradicted by later reports. But nobody paid attention to those later reports. They only paid attention to the initial reports. Trump had the nuclear codes. Trump was potentially selling this information. That's what they were saying. And then they later come back and quietly admit, well, Trump was probably just keeping a trophy collection, which is something we all knew because you could take one look at Trump and know his personality. No, that's exactly what he's doing. Trump wasn't selling state secrets, but that's the speculation that came out from folks apparently within the investigation team or close to it or at the Department of Justice. But none of that comes out in the weeks leading up, in the days leading up to the election from the Department of Justice because that's their own team. They're acting in a partisan manner. No, I don't want them to leak the information about Joe Biden. I want them to keep their mouth shut on the Donald Trump stuff. That's the problem. There are people within the DOJ that have no problem leaking things if it hurts a partisan opponent. And we've seen this from the time Trump was in office to now. 
And here's the other thing. All of this coming out now, that actually hurts the DOJ's investigation into Trump and these documents, because now the DOJ has to really take seriously what impact the Biden documents being out there, being someplace that somebody could have had access to for 10 years. There is blatant partisanship in the upper levels of our government. From a Department of Justice that is supposed to seek justice and follow the law. It is not supposed to act in a partisan manner, and yet it does nothing when its agents do exactly that. All right, we're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. We will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message through the KPL app chat. A uh, couple folks have reached out congratulating me on a year. And and I I thank you, but again, it's y'all being around that have actually made this all worth it. Um there, there's a whole lot of stories to get into, and, and I was kind of wondering which ones to to go through, but I want to actually bring up a local story I just wrote about a little while ago. So 2022 was an odd year in local governance in that we all paid attention to the local library board which is not something that most people pay a whole lot of attention to. But of course, the Lafayette Library Board uh, has been the center of, of controversy uh, due to a lot of the fight against the, the woke, uh, you know, woke reading materials, things like that, uh, materials that people consider inappropriate for kids and need to be moved in different sections and things like that. Well, last night there was another meeting that did... Uh, get a little intense there for a minute as one of the speakers, a, a local mom, uh, gave prepared remarks during her public comment time and in the process uh, called out specific board members and and their actions, what she deemed were hateful and bigoted actions, uh, called them out on it publicly, uh, did not raise her voice, did not say anything that was super offensive, but did call them out. And uh, board president Robert Judge said three times that she was out of order. On the third time, sheriff's deputies came forward. And after a discussion where she was explaining that she had a constitutional right to be at that podium, she had public speaking time. She didn't know what rules she had broken. Uh, she was finally escorted out of the room. It's Again, the story's up at, at kpel965.com. Lafayette mom removed from library board meeting uh, sparks backlash. And that's that's something that I think needs to be, you know, paid attention to uh, is the fact that there is a lot of a lot of commentary online and not just from people who are of the, I mean, you go and you read these comments. I mean, the places you go to look for these comments, these are people who are clearly of the left who do not like the conservative lean of the library board and, and some of the supporters of those library board members. But at the same time, there is a point to be made that there is clearly, I mean, you, you watch the video. I've, I've watched two different videos of her remarks from different angles. And 
it's there's no I mean, you can make comments about whether or not uh whether or not the comments she made about the board members and, and 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 accusing them of being hateful and bigoted or anything like that, whether or not that's called for or out of order, but she wasn't disruptive. She got up during her public speaking time. She addressed those board members, the things that she saw that were problematic. And she was removed from the room. And whether or not you agree that certain material should be out for all kids to see, whether or not you agree that uh, the board members have taken actions that were controversial at best, hateful at worst, you know, whatever your viewpoint on that is. The fact of the matter is she did have a constitutional right to be there and her public comment was cut off. She was not disrespectful. She was not, uh, I don't think she was controversial in what she was saying. And if you, frankly, if you truly believe that you're in the right in the actions that you've taken as somebody who is serving on a public board, you should be fine with public comments. I'm not even on a public board anywhere, and I would not be doing what I'm doing. I would not be on this show. I would not be writing at Red State. I'd not be writing here if I was afraid of people criticizing what I said. I mean, the line's always been open. If you've disagreed with something I've said, and I've had plenty of y'all on, and we've had these discussions. But if you're in a public meeting, you're serving on a public board, and somebody is criticizing a move you've made, calling them out of order and having them removed from the room during their public comment period. That's not a good look. And there is discussion about whether or not this person's first amendment rights, because this was a public meeting, whether or not this person's constitutional right to the freedom of speech, the freedom to uh, petition the government uh, for redress of grievances, everything like that, whether or not those rights were uh, infringed. And I think they were, I honestly do think that woman's first amendment rights were uh were infringed and i think it's worth noting that on kpel's facebook page where the story is posted there's there are people i mean there are some comments who like yeah i think here's one comment She's stuck on stupid for sure with drag story time, but regardless, nothing she said was out of order. They took it personal and, in my opinion, violated her First Amendment. That's somebody who's clearly not of the left like this particular person is, like this particular speaker was, but somebody who agrees that there is a constitutional violation there. And if you watch the video, you listen to her comments, nothing she said was over the line. It sounds more like they got offended at the criticism, which is not a good look. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 232-1542, if you want to jump in. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking with? Hello? Hello. Hey, Joe? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm sorry. I thought I'd go through the screener first. Hi, uh, Joe, this is Robert Judge. I'm actually the president of the board. Yes, sir. That called the woman who was on, who had to be removed out of order. Uh-huh. So did you listen to the audio of the meeting? I listened I listened from the time she got to the podium to the time she was escorted out. Okay. That's the and, video I and saw. You know that and then you know that from the time she got up on the podium until the time she was called out of order for the the, 
three times that she was, she launched into ad hominem derogatory comments about members of the board. That's what her speech was about. It had nothing to do with actions the board took about anything in particular. It had nothing to do with um, uh, any actions the board did, anything that was on the agenda. And of course, that part of the meeting is for things that are not on the agenda, but that pertain to the library itself. And if you listen to it, if, um, if we need to get a transcript of it so you can actually read it in black and white, um, it's pretty evident and it's, it's, there and it's there for everyone to listen to. This had nothing to do with saying, I disagree with what you did. I don't like how y'all are running the library. It had nothing to do with that. In fact, she never made any comment about that. It was strictly derogatory ad hominem attacks. She was called out of order the first time, and she continued. She was called out of order the second time, and she continued. She was called out of order the third time, as we've been instructed by the Sheriff's Department. To, that's how you do it, because they do have a right to free speech. Everyone does. Absolutely. But they do not have a right to go to a board meeting or the parish council meeting or the city council meeting and launch into ad hominem derogatory tax of members of boards or councils. Okay. Yeah. I, first so of all, I don't know how you. I don't know how you got to the conclusion that she didn't say anything that violated the terms of the agreement. Second thing, there is a form that people sign up. They sign a form saying that they, they agree to these terms of speaking in front of the board. Have you have you reviewed that form? Yes. Okay. Look at item number six. Mm -hmm. What does that say? I don't. I don't have it in front of me. What does item six say? Okay. It, it it says what I just said. Prior to the meeting, prior to the meeting, I read off an account of how you address the board, which is exactly the same thing that the parish council reads before their meetings as well. It's it's verbatim. Other than instead of council, I substitute the word board. If people have a disagreement about the way we've run the library and saved a million and a half dollars in a year and a half um, and, and all the other positive things that we've done, if they want to talk about the negative things, if they want to disagree with the way we've run the board, if they, they want to disagree with the way that the, the library is being run, that is fine. They have every right to do so, and we encourage the criticism. We have no problem with criticism on actions that the board has taken. But people do not have a right to go to a public meeting and launch into ad hominem derogatory comments about members of the board, period. They will be removed, and that's what happened. Nothing else. Okay, and I, I appreciate your offer at the very beginning. I would love a transcript, an, an actual transcript of what happened because all I have are the two separate videos that I've seen that were recordings of that one person from start to finish. So I would love to see the, the full transcript there to know to go into specifics because from what I listened to, yes, she was making comments about specific board members, but it related to her point that she believes that those board members, you included in that, that yeah. your position is your position on some of these issues are compromised because of your own personal beliefs. That is how I interpreted what she was saying. Now, if I missed something because the audio wasn't fully clear, I would like to see that. 
but it does seem yeah, like think, her comments think, were related to that. So, yeah, I think you selectively picked one thing that she said and not all of what she said. That's a, that's exactly what you've just done. Okay, well then I would love to see the full transcript. Please send and, and that. The, 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 audio, the audio of the entire meeting is available on the library's website. You can download it and you can have it transcribed. Okay, I will do You're that. Thank welcome you. to do that. All right, thank you very much for the call. You're welcome. Y'all have a great day. All Bye-bye. right, you too. Okay, there you go. Board President Robert Judge uh, has called in and given his comments. So I'll let you be the, uh, I'll let you, um, <laughs> I'll let you guys, you know, uh, interpret that as you will. Again, you can go to our website, kpl965.com. Um, you can see the video there. You can uh, listen to the speaker's comments and you can share your opinions on our Facebook page as well. Let's go ahead and take this break. When we come back, we do have to talk about a murder and it happened in Georgia last night. You know what I'm talking about. We will talk about the national championship game when we come back. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. In fact, let's hop back to the phone lines. We've got another caller on the line. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's calling? Hey, Joe. Cole, how are you? I'm doing good, Cole. How are you? Uh, doing just fine. Before you jump into the uh, catastrophe that took place in Georgia last night, <laughs> I just wanted to hand out a couple of thank yous. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for standing your ground on that phone call, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll comment on that a little bit later. But, you know, the, the 3 o'clock slot on KPEL has really delivered for me. It's one of the reasons why I continue to listen to the station. So please continue doing what you're doing. Uh, you are right where you need to be. You give about as honest and measured uh, of an opinion from a political sense, but also just regular everyday stuff. Uh, I appreciate your voice, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. So well, congratulations on a year. Uh, also want to thank Mr. Judge for calling in. Just to give Acadiana a little bit of a sample of the pettiness and foolishness that go on inside of the library politics and how it's governed, it's so divisive at times. And while the lady may have been on the edges of decorum or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever, however you want to describe her uh, comments. She has the right to say it. Mm-hmm. She had the right to say what she said. I watched the videos. You don't need a transcript. It was very obvious on his phone call that Mr. Judge was, he, he took it offensively. Mm-hmm. And, every, and everybody involved in that entire meeting took those comments offensively. And while, look, I know it's easy for me to sit here and armchair quarterback, I wasn't part of the conversation. Just as an onlooker, it was very obvious to me and probably anybody who's listening or watching that uh, obviously the guy was insecure about it. So anyway, I don't really really want to take up too much time. I know you don't have a lot of it. Just wanted to say that and uh, keep up the good word, Joe. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. And, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing with with the whole issue – I, you know, and, and again, I'm I'm very appreciative of of uh, Board President Judge for calling in because I, I want that side too. But from the video I observed, he and I are obviously interpreting that in very different ways. Now, granted, I'm not facing the brunt of the speaker's attacks, so you know that's a that's a perspective on it I don't have.
But what I want to make sure, and that's one of the reasons I, I like being here, is I, I want everybody's voice to be heard. I mean, hell, if she's listening, I would love for her to call in. I don't have a whole lot of time today, but would love for her to, to, to call in and give her, her voice on it as well. But I, I think that we do, and, and it's in politics all over the place, not just on a library board or, or local government or anything like that. It's, it's everywhere. We have a lot of thin-skinned politicians. We have a lot of people who don't like to take criticism. And, I mean, you look at, uh, you look at what's happening federally. Uh, you, I mentioned this yesterday. Mike Rogers, representative from Alabama, uh, may have cost Kevin McCarthy several rounds of those votes by being extremely petty because he didn't like that people were standing up to McCarthy and actually threatened that those conservatives wouldn't get on House committees because they were opposing McCarthy. It's that kind of petty reactionism that hurts us and causes a lot more division in politics. If you're in the public space, you should be able to take criticism. You should be able to take those kind of, I mean, even if they are ad hominem attacks or anything like that, being able to take that, accept it, and move on. Because if that person is willing to stoop to a level like that, fine, let them show their own ignorance. If that's what they're doing, let them show their own ignorance and then move on. There was no incitement to any sort of violence or or riot or anything like that. Just let them say their piece and move on. That's all I want to see. Now, I've got a, a... little over a minute left. So I want to go in. Uh, Kirby Smart, I believe, is wanted for murder uh, because the TCU Horned Frogs never stood a chance. And I know yesterday I said it could be close. Georgia runs away within the second half. What I did not anticipate is that Georgia would be as extremely motivated to to murder a team as they were last night. Uh, That was extraordinary. And I watched every minute. I know people who turned it off. I know people who didn't watch it from the get-go. I watched every single minute of that game. And once again, I have to ask, why was Stetson Bennett not the Heisman quarterback? Why was he not the Heisman winner this year? Because, again, the best two quarterbacks in college football played each other last week, and that was C.J. Stroud and Stetson Bennett. And Stetson Bennett proved last night he's – he can do just about anything he wants. And it's not just because of the supporting staff he has. But man, I expected Georgia to be able to put up a great defensive game. I did not expect their offense to absolutely rip the TCU defense apart. There could be there there has to be no position more painful right now than being a fan of the of Michigan. Because you lost to that last week. And now you had to watch last night as the team that beat you, the team that scouted you so well and completely overwhelmed your team last week, got brutalized. Did TCU deserve to be in the college football playoffs? Who knows? All right, you guys, 23 hours until I'm back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Be back soon. In the meantime, Shannon is offsides with Old School Nerd here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.